Hello, I'm Jason Ball, and this is Friends with Friends, a podcast where we explore all 236 episodes of the TV show Friends one at a time. I'm joined with my friends Jackie and Vanessa. Hi, I'm Jackie. I'm the biggest Friends fan, and I'm excited for today's episode. (laughs) And I'm Vanessa, the newbie in the group. I've never seen an episode of Friends until now, and it's a great one. All right, and we have a we're joined by our our friend Sherry Shepard. Sherry, hi guys, hi Jason and Jackie and Vanessa. How are you? We are good. We are so happy to have you. uh, We love to get little background stories about what your experience was like when you guest starred on on Friends. What was it like? Uh, You know, the whole thing. It was that season. You were on. uh, You were on the one with Phoebe's uterus, which premiered on January eighth, nineteen ninety seven, to twenty three point six million viewers. So that was was that that was the biggest audience you'd ever been on a show on at, at that point, right? Oh, absolutely. At one point, it was like in the top ten of of shows because of the ratings that came in. So yeah, that was the biggest number that I had been a part of. It was very exciting. I, I feel like the the when they bring people in to guest star, they they give you either this kind of outrageous role or just let you loose because even um brooke shields who you worked with also on on Sunday susan you, you just like just play it to the hilt is that kind of what it was or just that's who you were you know it's you get that's the thing about auditioning uh, because they weren't even looking for a black person they wanted a white person to play this tour guide character and i i was on the i was in the office of my agents when they were talking to the casting director and they were pretty much like, please just let Sherry come in and let her show you what she can do. And uh, they gave me a chance to, to come in and audition and I booked the role. So it wasn't anything that was offered to me, but it was all of the words you just put your spin on. It's like 30 rock. You, it's written so beautifully. You just put your little spice on top. That's what got, that's what got Brooke Shields the show suddenly Susan. <laughs> because of her friend's role. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like your yeah. spice that you did for the role of Rhonda was so spot on. It was hilarious. Yeah. Very good. I it love that was... line that you had, like, snack pack. <laughs> oh, what was it? Um, because people ask me to, to repeat it all the time when I'm in Ralph. So it's like, uh, uh, Peter, Peter, <laughs> it's me, Rhonda, from PS129. You act like you, uh, and I said, I gave you my, um, Snack pack. I shared my pudding with you, man. And then you act like you don't hear me. And then I said, I think I turned around and went. Um, and, and I forget what I said when I turned around to to uh, Ross. But it was so much fun because when I had done it, they all fell out laughing. I think they had had somebody <laughs> sitting in for me up until like maybe one rehearsal. So I guess the stand-in who didn't do it like that. Uh, they were so taken by surprise at what I did. And I think when I screamed out, I'm Rhonda and these aren't real. So <laughs> I'm Rhonda. My son's going to come out of virtual school and be like, Ma. <laughs> but it was fun to be that bold, that brash kind of person. And they didn't expect it on Friends. And um, it, it, they were all cracking up. You know, like Joey, Matt LeBlanc came out. He's like, oh my gosh, this is so funny. And uh, so many folks. Jennifer Aniston was one of the, she was the first, the, the one that was the nicest to me. They all were extremely nice, but she was the one that came out. 
and said, oh my gosh, it's so I see you on Suddenly Susan, it's so great to meet you. So they all came out like thumbs up. That's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about that. You know, Friends is, has a bit of a reputation for being uh, very white. You gotta be kidding me. Right? You know, Jackie, Vanessa, and I say, how do you, how do you live in New York and not know any black Latino or gay, having no black Latino or gay friends? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, did you see it as that way when you were coming into it, an opportunity to really be in a big audience in a show that was known for kind of being so white and, and representing. I mean, Oh yeah. You definitely saw that it was not any black people. I mean, it, I talk about this with Gabrielle union and Aisha Tyler. I think people remember us three as mm -hmm. the black women on friends. And when I came in, I will never forgot uh, one of the black security guards at Warner Brothers came and she would watch. And, and when I would do the scene, she'd be like, girl, you were so good. And so I definitely noticed that it, they ain't no other black people on this show. And uh, I, it, it has been written up. I did send like I used to send out postcards to people because this is before we had social media. You could retweet and repost you would actually send out physical postcards. And I sent out postcards to all of my friends and family and everybody on my mailing list. And it, it had a picture of me with an orange sweater. And on the back, it said, friends finally got some color. And uh, I, I think I sent it to Marta Kaufman. And I, <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was like a great joke because I had a really colorful sweater. So it was like, friends finally got some color and they never called me back. I was like, oh, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> I didn't know you should make fun of the fact that I, I didn't know that they were getting a, you know flack for not uh -huh. having um, you know, people of color on the show that they were getting flagged from taking this idea from like a living single. I didn't know. I was just trying to let them know I got a postcard. I'm so excited right. I was on the show. So let's back up just a little bit. In 95, you booked a show, Cleghorn, which was really the first show you were on, right? And that was an opportunity for you to quit your day job, I guess, right? Is that? Yeah, I think right before Cleghorn, that was with Ellen Cleghorn from Saturday Night Live and uh, Garrett Morris from Saturday Night Live. But right before that I had done, there was a show called America's Funniest Home Videos. Mm -hmm. And I had done an episode of that. And this is where I learned when they ask you what size you are, be truthful because I played a maid and we were pranking people and people would come to the door thinking they were getting a, a, a home massage. There were masseuses would come. They were thinking they were gonna massage somebody and I played the maid and I would direct them to a huge pig in the backyard. So they had to actually massage a pig. But I told them when they said, what size do you wear for your maid's costume? I told them my fantasy size, which was a size 10. And I was a size probably 16. So when I put the maid's um, thing on, like the buttons were here. So I looked like a penthouse maid. It did, it was, it, it was kind of push my boobs together. It was, this maid's outfit was so, it looked like I was, we were doing some other kind of shoot on that shoot. And they were like, we don't understand why it doesn't fit. And I'm like, because I lied about my size. So I realized, Sherry, don't lie about your size. Tell what you really it's terrible. But Ellen Claycorn really was the show. That was my very first uh, series regular role, playing her sister. And then 
there was a little dry period there where you did a couple of guests was, and then you did suddenly Susan and then friends. Right. And then you went back to suddenly Susan. Was that a turning point with that many people saw the work that you could do on friends? Yeah. I did a guest star on suddenly Susan, a totally different character. And then I did another guest star on friends and it was like a two year dry spell where I had to go back to being a legal secretary in century city. And I actually worked for David Schwimmer's father who was an attorney. And that was so depressing because <laughs> he had the picture of the friends, you know, the friend where they're all hugging each other and um, he had it on his wall and everybody, I worked for him for like a month or so. And he would tell everybody, oh, this is Sherry Shepard. She was on my son's show. And I was like, I'm so depressed as I'm typing. And having to sit outside uh, Century Park East and eat my little bag lunch with my little dress on with the bow tie. That's when they were wearing the little, the bow ties. Um, <laughs> I was so depressed for, for two years I didn't work. And then I think I booked, they brought me, they liked me so much from Suddenly Susan that they brought me back and wrote me in as a series regular. I, I've met you a couple of times. You've been a guest on my mother podcast, the, the news director's office, and you have such an amazing personality. And you know, oh, I cannot you. imagine you as a legal secretary. <laughs> I was a really good legal secretary. You should see my office right now. I would fire myself. Like, <laughs> it's so junky. I would put myself in human resources. But um, I was a great legal secretary because I was fun. All the lawyers. They love me. I was always late and I got stuff turned in, filed in court, you know, really late. And I scheduled depositions and would forget, but I could type 106 words a minute and I, and all of the clients really loved me. So it was very hard for them to fire me. They, they, <laughs> they were so irritated with me, but they didn't want to fire me because they just love my personality. And uh, they all supported me when I started stand up comedy. And so, I, and, and many of the secretaries have been to my first wedding, my second wedding, and if I'm a third, they're gonna be there too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, you, go ahead, Vanessa. Did you get uh, the job with David Trimmer's um, father because of David Trimmer? Or you no, girl, I had gone to a temporary agency. Oh. So just, he needed a he needed a, a temporary secretary, so it just happened to be. David Schwimmer's dad. It was so crazy. And then I saw David Schwimmer probably like 10 years later when I was at the comedy store and he was standing there and I was like, hey, David, it's me. I'm Rhonda. These aren't real. He's like, uh, okay. And I was like, yeah, I work for your dad. I was a legal secretary. He's like, okay, all right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last I ever saw of David Schwimmer. <laughs> I got to work with uh, Matt LeBlanc and Man with a Plan in his show. And he absolutely remembered me. That's Aww. funny. But I just, you know, being a legal secretary and being a stand-up comedian are vastly different jobs. <laughs> That's like, I always think I would be a terrible accountant. <laughs> you, you know, what's really interesting is all lawyers, I've not met w not one lawyer who isn't artistic. Every lawyer I've ever met or worked for wants to be Scott Turow, the author, or they want to be an actor, or they're in improv classes. They're very, very, lawyers are very artistic. Huh. So I guess it's know. kind of theatrical, courtroom mm -hmm. and all that part. 
That's exactly it. They're very theatrical and they're very dramatic. Their faces get red when they're talking to other attorneys and they're screaming on the phone. And um, so I always like working with lawyers. I don't know what I would do now because I don't remember how to file documents in a court and I don't remember <laughs> the protocol. I, I, you know, my memory, I, I think I probably would get fired. I probably would. All right, Jackie, it's time to ask you what the atmosphere was like on the set. Yes, uh, yes. Was well, because it's, it's such a, like, whole experience. Yeah, such a big magnitude, like walking on that set and seeing Central Park, or seeing Central Park, and then seeing your part. You know, even though you weren't in Central Park, you know, you're still there. Right. I would imagine it's just very like, like deep breath. You know, it's so funny because at Warner Brothers Studio, they had the well, there, that fountain where they all jumped in and at the end, mm -hmm. that was at Warner Brothers Studio. So to see that, but to actually walk on the set was very exciting because it, I didn't realize how huge Friends was, but to, I knew that everybody knew this show and to go on the set, like I said, Jennifer Aniston was the first, and I would love to tell her that I've never met Jennifer Aniston beyond Friends. Uh, she was the first one that came in and she said, I just, because she had a friend who was on uh, Suddenly Susan, uh, Andrea Martin, I think. And um, she had told her I was coming and she said, it's so nice to meet you. We're so glad you're here. And that did so much to make me feel at ease. Because when you're a newcomer on a set of people that have already formed their clique and they're uber popular, they tend to go in their dressing rooms and not talk. And you're kind of just out there by yourself. So when, and that, that taught me a lot on my shows to connect and to embrace people. So Aniston set it off. And then after that, it was Matt LeBlanc who came and gave me a really big hug and asked me if I was okay. And then after that, oh my gosh, it was like all of the cast members came and made me feel so good. And so when I did my lines and they were cracking up, that just kind of sealed it mm -hmm. because I got the respect of being an, an, an actor. So they were really wonderful. And I think that was the episode that Terry, is it Terry Carr? Gar. Terry Carr, yeah. Terry Carr was in and she had seen me and she was like, amazing so mm -hmm. um just I, I i got a lot of love i'm gonna say jackie that was a really nice set to work on i felt so yeah. much love it was such a letdown to when i had to leave and then wake back up and my landlord was knocking on my door going when you gonna pay your rent so that was <laughs> i was like i was just on friends <laughs> that's funny you know we hear about that too it's like when guests come in we've talked to other people on the show as well and they all talk about how welcoming it is and as a big fan myself that's what that's so nice to hear because sometimes when you are a big fan of something and then it's disappointing that it wasn't as it is so it's just nice to hear that it's always been so welcoming and so nice and you know oh, girl. yeah because i've been on sets where i'm like okay i just i really literally want to keep the fantasy so i'm gonna go in my dressing room yeah <laughs> friends was not that kind of set like yeah. i said it just it to for them to have so much money because i think they had already gotten a car from the studios like everybody gotten a, mm -hmm. a, 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 their own car because they were doing so well they had gotten the pay raises they were doing pepsi commercials so to mm -hmm. actually see these guys and they were so down to earth was really very cool. Cause I was like a kid in a candy store. Cause I hadn't booked that many gigs. Mm -hmm. So they were really nice to me. And I think like the cast are living single, just, I have found that, that these stars are just, 
the the bigger ones are so cool. It's the ones that just not making no money and they they the nouveau kind of stars. They're the ones that got the attitude. You like what happened, people? My grandmama don't even know who you are. Calm down. <laughs> you are so right. It is that's really funny. I, I, I think we all find that when uh, other celebrities enough, the bigger they are, the nicer they are. And it's, like if you meet, I'm so sorry, Jason. He just came to my mind. Tom Cruise is one, mm. all the craziness aside in his life, one of the nicest people you could ever meet. He would come to the view and, and not leave until he took a picture with every person in the audience. A Will Smith, one of the nicest people, and those are the real top ones. It's, <laughs> I ain't gonna name them names. It's that one person that had two lines in a doggone <laughs> movie, and they wanna act brand new. <laughs> <laughs> we we had someone here. I won't tell, I won't name names either. But had a little trouble at the gate. They couldn't find his name or whatever, and he fit uh, and went away. I'm like, really bad. He will not be coming back. Not invited uh, back to the party. Yeah, I think people can learn a lot from the ones that have been around a mm. long time. You know, and and they teach you. And so I've been fortunate to be around some really uh, John Lithgow. I I did a show with him. And he, he was, we would have to work 17 hours on our show. And he remembered every crew member's name. And our Christmas gift, our rap gift, he wrote everybody a poem because he's, he's into lyrics and poetry, wrote everybody a poem. So we have somebody who won a dog on Golden Globe for the crown who can be so wonderful and nice. Yeah. You not being able to get into the damn parking lot. <laughs> because they don't know who you are. They want an extra form of ID. Calm down. I know. Uh, so Sherry, you mentioned, you know, you saw David Trimmer once, didn't know who you were. Matt LeBlanc, you know, embraced you. Any other run-ins that you had? I'm trying to think. Um, did I, Who else? Because it, it was David Schwimmer, Jennifer Aniston, help me with everybody, Matt LeBlanc, um, Lisa Kudrow. Lisa Kudrow. I've, I've run into mm -hmm. Lisa Kudrow um, at some events and always really nice always really really nice because mm -hmm. i love lisa kudrow she had a show after that like an improv to the close i don't know what it was called she was like a, a aging star trying to get back um into web uh, therapy no it's before web therapy girl see you young it was, <laughs> it was you're right there was a show i forgot what it was called and i forgot was, all about that yeah she improv she was like an aging sitcom star that was trying to get like reinvent herself and it just wasn't going well. She was married with kids. You know, have you remember that, Jason? And I it was, I can't remember the name of it though. I can't remember either. And it was on a cable show, but it was before web therapy. Um, and she's just been phenomenal. The comeback. The comeback. That's what oh, y'all yeah. <laughs> um, have not ran into Courtney Cox, but and you know, and David was just like, okay, too much. But he wasn't, he wasn't, it wasn't like he wasn't nice to me. I think I was so much, which I, I'm like, ah! you know, that. <laughs> Whenever you get that kind of personality, it's like, hey, hey, wait a minute. So I think I was just a little too much at the comedy store. He was just chilling out, you know, in the, in the little patio area. So I have not run into Courtney Cox, but Matt LeBlanc, we did, like I said, we he liked me so much. He brought me on as a recurring on his show, Man with a Plan. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I that leads me to another point. I, I feel like that people do these guest spots and then, and then that leads to a recurring role in a, a show that's somehow related to like you got the recurring role and suddenly susan and that that 
people continue to work with people they know that are good or reliable and that, that sort of thing. How important is that in this business that we call show? It's so important relationships. Everything that I have gotten or been offered is because my show Trial and Error with John Lithgow and Kristen mm -hmm. Chenoweth. When they brought me in to meet with them, the showrunners literally said, we just called around and asked, how is Sherry to work with? Because we want to work with nice people. It, 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 the, the acting, they already knew, but they were like, what's she like as a person? And every set that I've been on, it's uh, it's just relationships. People will, I'm on a show now um, called Call Your Mother with Kira Sedgwick. Mm -hmm. And to be on that set, everybody coming up to me going, I work with you on Everybody Loves Raymond. I work with you on Friends. Oh my gosh, you were so nice then. You're so nice now. That's really important kindness because people remember that. You got, I always tell people who are new in the business, you have 30 seconds to make an impression and people either will remember the 30 seconds that were negative or the 30 seconds that were positive. So why not give them something positive? You know, they, you leave them with that. It's really important in this business, relationships and kindness, because people nowadays, especially in the climate that we're in, I'd rather work with you if you're, if I'd rather be able to go to work with you and have a good time. We can work on the acting. That that can happen. But the kindness and just being able to hang out with you because you become family. So we're hanging out 10 hours a day. I just don't want the drama. So it's so important. What about that? I like, agree. Having, do you think some of the shows that are successful is because of that? If it's a tense set, it doesn't work and it and eventually just it erodes away itself. Well, I'll give you that example of what's the show that Damon Wayans was on with the one actor. Um, it was the drama. Gosh, Damon Wayans and the other oh, actor. Yes. Well, so it was like you're on Jeopardy. It was on Fox. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and it was a remake. It was a reboot. It was a remake. It was, was it? a remake. Now I'm going to have to damn Google it. Somebody got to Google it. for. But <laughs> this was, oh, it was like, it was Danny Glover and Mel Gibson. What was the name of oh, their? Oh, Lethal Weapon. Wasn't it Lethal Weapon? Yes, yes. Okay. Lethal Weapon. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> um, but that's an example. Like Lethal Weapon, they had, it was such tension mm -hmm. on the set. And as a matter of fact, the showrunner for Lethal Weapon was also a showrunner on our show, Trial and Error. And he would come visit our set with John Lithgow and all of the other people, Kristen Chenoweth, and he'd be broken out in hives. But he was like, he didn't want to leave our set because we were such family. And mm -hmm. it, it exploded so much that there was a physical altercation on the set. Mm -hmm. So I do think it's very hard to have a 10 set and it not spill over. And, and so much so that Damon Wayans said, I got to leave the show because it's affecting my health. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't ever want to be in a situation like that. I've been really fortunate to be on shows where everybody just knows that we're so fortunate and blessed to be working on a show, that we're blessed to be relevant, to do a show with Betty White and all of the women on, uh, what was it? What was the show that had Betty White it was on? Um, Hot in Cleveland. Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Hot in Cleveland. All mm -hmm. of those women literally had the attitude of when we leave here, we're going to go back to doing whatever. This is just a blessing to be able to do this, but we got a life and they were chill. They were like, give Sherry the funding lines. We're good. We need a little bit of a break. It <laughs> was such a, a force of graciousness. I would love to be her. 
she was like, that's less work for me to do. Give all the funny lines to share. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, when you, like I said, again, when you're on a set, you're working, you're with these people more than you are with your family. Mm -hmm. So you want these people to become like family with Janet. I think with Janet, um, Hubert and Will Smith, they talked about this. You don't mm -hmm. want to be perceived as difficult because people got to work with you. And if I come to work and I'm always going, Jackie, what's wrong? Nothing. Mm -hmm. hey, what's, is you okay? I'm fine. It, you're, you're perceived as difficult. And mm -hmm. I don't want to be around you because it's an energy that you put out. It's an energy. Mm -hmm. And I like being around really great energy because mm -hmm. life is short. This is not, I'm an actress. I love it, but it's not who I, all the way who I am. So let's have a good time. Let's, let's work and create some magic. And then we go home with some smile. You yeah. Know? Let's do it again tomorrow. Yeah. Totally agree with that. And you talk about working on shows where you, like everybody gets along and it comes off screen as well. It's like, I love Mr. Iglesias. Oh, thank you. Oh my gosh, Jackie, I'm so sorry. This is how much I love Gabe. I was oh. just with Gabriel yesterday mm -hmm. because we did the game show to tell the truth. Oh, and I haven't seen Gabe since we wrapped uh, in November. And mm -hmm. when I saw him, I burst into tears. Oh. And Gabe does not handle tears well because I couldn't talk. My lashes were coming off. And Gabe <laughs> hugged me. And Gabriel Iglesias is like hugging a teddy bear. Teddy bear. Hugging me. And I'm like, I just love you so much. <laughs> and he's like, what the heck? <laughs> and Iglesias is a set where that truly was my family. Jacob Vargas, mm -hmm. Maggie Gehar, and my baby. Creek Chino and 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 just and Coy Stewart, all of those were my little darlings. So mm -hmm. they still call me all the kids. We all want to come back to work. So we're hoping that this show gets picked up by Netflix. Yeah. Well, it's gonna premiere tomorrow, right? Or this week. It's season premiering three? Tuesday. Tuesday. And we're very excited and we just like i said we're hoping that you know netflix determines its ratings you got to do well in south africa it's not you don't have to do well in Hackensack, new jersey they want to know how you're doing in australia so, <laughs> you can get some really great rates so if you know anybody over in south africa <laughs> you know anybody in zimbabwe because we were number two over in nigeria so please let them know watch your glaciers but um if we get great ratings, Netflix will pick us up. And and I'm gonna tell you, every day was a joy to go to work with Carlos, and every day with 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 Jacob Oscar Nunez, his character was Carlos. Mm -hmm. With Jacob Vargas, we we played games, we laughed, we hung out in 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 Gabe's room. Gabe took me on tour with him to Hawaii. So. Our Christmas gift from Gabe was everybody. We were all going to go to Disneyland, the whole VIP oh. thing, family, everything. He was taking everybody, families, aunties, uncle, grandmamas, and them. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of set that we have on Iglesias. Yeah. When I first, the first week I started at KTLA, he was one of our guests on the morning news. And I honestly didn't know who he was then. This was yeah. 2008. And he was so funny and so he's actually one of my favorite guests we ever have on. When I look back on our morning news guest, he's he's just funny and accessible and just seems like a great oh, guy. We got to have him back on because he's so fluffy. He used to give you, we, we've known each other for 20 years. And when we were all doing stand up and struggling comics and his car used to sound like somebody was shooting bullets at it. Like it was going to break 
down in any minute. And I didn't have a car because it was repossessed. So any gigs that we had, Gabe would give me a ride. I never thought we'd make it home because his car sounded horrible. <laughs> Just before he was touring nationally, nobody knew who Gabe was. They didn't know who I was. And we was just trying to make it home to downtown LA because that's where I live. And he and I'll be like, Gabe, you gonna make it home? And he's like, I don't know, Sherry. <laughs> LA, Long Beach, so I don't know. But uh, so it's nice to see the success for Gabriel because he's always been kind. Yeah, that's great. Good, good things happen to good people. Mm -hmm. yeah. Totally. Because I, because I, I do watch the show and then they kind of ended on a like a, is he going to find love? Is he going to bring somebody in? You know, even even for yourself as well, you know? And then when you guys have your conversations, like just you and him, you can just, it's so it's so nice to like, just it's so heartwarming, you know? And so nice yeah. to watch this change in pace, you know, what we're dealing with in the world. So it's thank so you for that. Can I, can I just tell you the sweetest story about Gabe uh, of so, making a woman's dream come true? He finally finds love on Mr. Iglesias. And Gabe was, they were casting these very beautiful actresses to play his love interest. And when I tell you the actresses that came in to play Gabe's love interest, it was no joke. These women, uh, size two, gorgeous, beautiful. And we had a wardrobe assistant named Elora Casado. And she had majored in acting in New York. And she said to the head wardrobe, do you think I could audition to play Gabe's girlfriend? The wardrobe person, it only takes one person to believe in you. The wardrobe person could have gotten fired, but broke all protocol and went to Gabe's people and said, could she just come in and read? This has been her dream. She's, she's a wardrobe assistant. She hasn't been able to find an actress. Can she just read? Gabe said, yes. She came in against all these actresses blew them all away with a little sassy thing uh, because she would always tell Gabe when she fitted him, he'd go, I don't like this. And she'd go, Gabe, you're fine. You're going to be good. So <laughs> she came in and auditioned Elora, blew them all away, and they casted Elora, our wardrobe assistant, as Gabe's love interest. Oh. Her. The studio wanted one of these, and not, and not to take away from them, they were amazing actresses, mm -hmm. but Gabe loved Elora and he wanted to give her a chance. So when you see her on um, Iglesias with her. That is her story. That was her first gig because she had oh been doing God. plays and theater, but it was her first gig on TV. And for that, I will always love Gabriel Iglesias. Oh, that's amazing. That <laughs> is amazing. I got yeah. chills on that story. That's a Hollywood story right there. Absolutely. Yeah, she got an agent after that. It's like, you know, now with the pandemic, but they want to send her on auditions. And I loved it because she didn't, wasn't the stereotypical beautiful girlfriend. Mm -hmm. You know, Laura came in and all of her plus size sexy. And she yeah. was like, what you need me to do? We gonna kiss? Gabe, you better get over here and kiss me. <laughs> I loved her. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> that is great. Really great. Can't wait to see that. That's coming up in this season? It yeah. should. Yeah, should be coming up in this season. Him Jack, getting yeah. his love. Mm -hmm. That's Absolutely. All right, so we'll have to support Mr. Iglesias, too. Even though the podcast is about friends, we're also we extending our friends to Mr. Iglesias. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Sherry, and spending some time with us talking about friends and your role on it and your amazing career. You've always been so nice and kind to all of us here. You're part of our, our friends, so thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you so much. And I think, uh, yeah, so my show, Call Your Mother with Kira Sedgwick, 
will be out on uh, on ABC in January. I think it's like January 10th. Mm-hmm. We're coming out. And you know you can always use me. I filled in for one of them newscasters one time. I, had to- <laughs> <laughs> I was so nervous. Oh my God. But I think I did okay. I think uh, yeah. my cousin, he was like, you did all right, cousin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you can sit next to Barbara Walters, you can sit next to Frank Buckley. <laughs> thank you so much guys uh, thank, you, thank, you. thank you Sherry bye. see you later bye. Bye. that was fun thank you very much <laughs>